Hey there, and welcome to the One Church Podcast. This message was recorded live at one of our services. If you'd like to know more about life at One Church, visit us online at weareone.church or check us out on social media. My name's John, uh, with Louise, we're the pastors here, and uh, it's been a crazy couple of years, and, but today is as good as any. And we've been talking in, in our kind of, we've called this summer series Overflow, and really it comes from this verse, Luke chapter 6, verse 45, that says, A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. And uh, the Amplified Version says, uh, man speaks from the overflow of his heart. So the messages we're giving on Sunday are really an overflow of what's going on in, in our hearts, those of us that are speaking here on Sundays, but really hoping that, that you do the same, like what's going on in your heart. And next time you're around a, a dinner table with some friends or in, a, in Starbucks or going for a walk, like, what's in your heart? Let the good things that are being stored up in your heart overflow enough so it splashes over on the people around you. Uh, this, this, I'd love that. I'd love that for this to be more than just something we're talking about on Sundays. Let's let the good things overflow from our hearts into others. Um, if you have your Bible, would you turn with me please to Matthew chapter 9? So if you've got a Bible app, just grab... Flick that open. If you've got a, like an actual, like a manual Bible. Is it manual Bible? An analog Bible? <laughs> Everyone bring like an original scroll. That would be something, wouldn't it? If you came with a scroll, we'd reintroduce the reading of Scripture. And we would, okay, stay on track. This is dangerous because I've got more time than normal. Here we go. Mark chapter 9, everybody. Okay? Mark chapter 9. Really fascinating story. You could read this also in Matthew and Luke, but we're just giving Mark's description of this event. It's called the Transfiguration of Christ. After six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John with him and led them up a high mountain where they were all alone. There he was transfigured before them. His clothes became dazzling white, whiter than anyone in the world could bleach them. And there appeared before them Elijah, who's an Old Testament prophet, Moses, another Old Testament father of the faith, and they were talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it's good for us to be here. Let's put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say because... Uh, They were so frightened. Then a cloud appeared and covered them, and a voice came from the cloud. This is my son. This is my son. You've got to be in the story. Uh, Whom I love. Listen to him. Suddenly, when they looked around, they no longer saw anybody except them with Jesus. And uh, as they were coming down the mountain, Jesus gave them orders not to tell anyone what they had seen. Until the Son of Man... which is a phrase Jesus used of himself, had risen from the dead. They kept the matter to themselves, discussing what rising from the dead means. Uh, Mark chapter 9, verses 2 to 10. Uh, Fascinating little story, an account that we're reading into today. And I almost feel sorry for like, Mark's account here or Matthew and trying to put into words what you have just experienced where the best you can come up with is like, like his clothes were really white, like dazzling white, like 
Like, how white? Well, whiter than anybody could bleach them. Daz doorstep challenge white. There was like a bright light and a cloud, and, and then there was like an Elijah and a Moses, and they, they, I mean, they've been dead for centuries upon centuries, and trying to put into words this incredible experience that gets summed up in this, like, transfiguration, a, 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 a transformation of someone's figure from the inside out. They're trying to, like, describe this incredible, amazing moment that they've, that they've had. We're going to park that thought there, and we're going to circle back around to that, because I need to ask you a different question that's going to bring us back to the start of this passage. And the question is this. When were you at your happiest? When, are there a moment or moments that you can look back upon in your 10, 20, 50 to 100 years on this planet where you've gone like, they, they were moments. They were moments where that, they were my happiest. Maybe it was the birth of a child. Maybe it was the moment they left home. One of the moments in between those two. Uh, sometimes, like, some people say, like, oh, my 20s. My 20s. It wasn't a moment. It was a decade. I had a decade. Or, you know, maybe, like, some of you, say, oh, when I worked for that company just for those few years, or when I was at university, or it was this stage of life, or that stage. So, for some of us, it was like a holiday. And like a, uh, that holiday was, like the, I was like, my happiest there. I could have stayed there forever. And it's funny how like these moments we can look back on and we can almost, uh, it, it, well, we could almost idolise some of those and, and see those as like the epitome. Like I have a holiday moment like that. Louise and I went on holiday uh, to like the, it's like the best holiday we've ever done and it was in the Dominican Republic, okay? So we like, I've never done anything like that before or since. And I look back on that as being like the holiday of all holidays. Uh, it was before we had kids, it's definitely part of it, but... <laughs> When holidays were holidays, not living in another country. Anyway, so um, the um, I, I, I like I, whenever we talk about holidays since, I, I can't help but compare the thing we're about to do or the experience we've just had to that holiday, it, even though it's revisionist history because Louise was was only like five weeks pregnant and was dog rough every single day. So for her, it was a horrible two weeks, but she was just sick, but in another country with guaranteed sunshine. For me, I was like, it was such a good time. Um, and how easy it is for us to compare all future holidays to that moment, or all future jobs to that job, or all future children to your favourite. I didn't say I did that. I was just putting it out there as a moment that, that might resonate with somebody, with some, with somebody here. But... Um, Here's the danger. Here's the danger. Okay, we we have these. It creates a bit of a tension, doesn't it, in us? Because we we look back at those moments or that time of our life or that even that one individual experience, and we look back on that and go, "That was so good." And we've probably all had a moment on holiday where we've just, even if it was a staycation, you were just at home going like, "Ah, oh, if only we could stay here. If only we could stay on holiday." Now, now we all know there's a tension in that because. We know we can't stay here. There's a song that sums this up perfectly, which goes, I wish it could be Christmas every day. It's okay, we're not starting our Christmas series in August. We do that in November. That's still early, but that's what we do. Um, I wish it could be Christmas every day. And we understand, the, we understand both sides of that, don't we? Yeah, wouldn't it be great? The, the generosity, the family, the fun, the food, the, the, all the experience of Christmas. Like, yeah, I wish it could. We get it. We get it, Noddy. We wish it could be Christmas every day. But we also know the absurdity of that. That's the tension. How tired we would be. How massively overweight we would be. 
because none of us die on Christmas Day. And, and there's, a, there's a tension between, oh, those moments are so good. I wish we could have those moments every day. But we all know real life isn't doing that every day. Real life means the other 364 days so that we can have Christmas and let Christmas be the day that it is. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like if we stayed on holiday our whole life, then what do we do for holiday? There would never be a break from that to go on holiday from. If we're always looking for that next moment, that next hit, we're facing that tension over and over again. So we know it's pretty realistic. So we sort of reluctantly get back on the plane and come home or back in the car. We reluctantly move on. We reluctantly recognise we're not in our 20s anymore or that our kids are growing up. We sort of reluctantly move on, but then constantly judging all new experiences in the shadows of those ones. Rather than allowing each experience to teach us something or even to be enjoyed for what it is. I'm just saying in this overflow series, the speak from what's going on in our hearts. And this is, this is where I want to share today from, from my heart. Because in Christian discipleship terms, I'm learning this as a follower of Christ. To allow this moment, to allow this season, this experience to be what it is. To be what God intended it to be. And to recognise that today is just one day of the rest of my life moving forward with Christ. Let me summarise it by saying this. For those of us that are Christians, followers of Jesus, disciples, to follow Christ means to go where he leads, not where I want to stay. To follow Christ means we have to actually be following him, to go where he leads, and when he moves, we move. When he takes a step, we take a step, not just stay where I want to stay. There's a movement involved in being a follower of Jesus. There's, a, there's a, a, an ongoing nature so that in each of those moments we could recognise Christ is here with me. Now, like, let's put that into the context of what we've all been experiencing, especially through church life. You know, to, there's easy to go like, I wish it would be back to how it was. Like the last Sunday we had before lockdown, we had three services 500 people through the, through the, through the so services, loads of kids, and we, finished, and we did baptisms all day. It was an amazing day. I mean, questionable now whether we should have been putting loads of people in and out of the same body of water, but we didn't know then, and there wasn't a lockdown then. We were just carrying on before. Uh, what a day. Oh, to go back to that day. Oh, to have that experience again. I've got to be honest, there's other moments where it's been quite nice here. You lot weren't here. No setting up. Six of us turned up every week for, for about six months. We're, we're very relaxed. It was, it was very relaxed, other than trying to learn how to do all this a little bit differently. Oh, oh to go back like that again. When we were home, sort of within 20 minutes of the, finish, of the service finishing. Oh, to go back then, when we didn't have to sit down. Oh, when we were doing all the cleaning in between. Oh, to not have to do... Oh, to go back. Oh, not to go back. Oh, I'm back in that tension again, aren't I? And, and for as long as I'm focusing on the oh, if only, I'm missing that Christ is here with me today. And Christ is here with you today. He was with you then, but to follow him means to go where he leads. And he's not leading us back there. He's always going to lead us somewhere else. always going to lead us forwards. So we come back around to this transfiguration account. Incredible experience. You know, 
Did it really happen? Was it a dream? Did it happen the way they described it? Did they just not have the right words to help us understand how we would understand that in 2021? I don't know, but what it shows is that there's this shared experience from these three disciples. And you can, you can imagine them going like, this is it. You know, we've spent this time following Jesus. We've, we've just seen him perform some miracles, but somehow we've got this experience that even trumps Jesus performing a miracle that we couldn't explain any other way. We feel like we've seen the glory of God. Like God in his fullness, we just saw revealed in Jesus. And yeah, it's there to show us his divinity, there to show us that he's this anointed one. Yeah, we could, it's there to show us this. why Elijah and Moses, why, well, it's the, the, to fulfill the word of the prophets and to fulfill the one who brought the law of Moses. Like, it, yes, it's Jesus showing us all that symbolism in that one little encounter. But for those just watching, they're just going, wow. So we completely understand, don't we? Because we've been on that last day of holiday, or we've seen our kids grow up, or etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. When Peter goes, let's camp, let's get some tents, let's put up three tents. We can all stay here. Let's just acknowledge it's not going to get any better than this. How can it possibly get better than this? Let's stay here. Let's let's camp out. Let's sit here. Let's enjoy this. And Jesus, do the bright white thing again. That was awesome. Let's do that again. Let's do that every night. I just don't want to leave from this experience. We've had those moments, haven't we? Uh, Monday nights at the moment through summer, and this will, will carry this forward into our prayer week, uh, 8th to the 10th of September. Uh, Chaz and Anne, part of our leadership team, just been uh, hosting a, a, an evening of worship, even without the singing, and, but just creating space for us to worship together and pray together. And uh, it's happening in the annex on Monday evenings. And they were telling me about last Monday, and and lots of us might be familiar with these moments where it got to the end of the hour, and you've kind of got a difficult decision to make. Maybe you've led a service, or led a home group, or a prayer, or a time of prayer, and you know the time's finished, and you know people are meant to leave, but nobody wants to leave. And they're like, oh, don't we want to just stay here? I don't want this moment to end. I don't want this experience to end. I don't want to have to go home, because this is where it's at. Let's put a tent up. Let's camp here. Let's stay here forever. Surely this is as good as it gets. But you know how I feel about camping. If you want another title for this message, we could call it Say No to Camping. Because as much as Peter says, let's camp, and as much as we can resonate with Peter going, I mean, yeah, that's the place to be. How can my life go back to normal after this? How how can I go back to work tomorrow after this moment? How can I go back to things the way they were? You know, like we've said this morning, a whole bunch of young people at Thrive Summer Camp having these like incredible encounter moments with God. And they're going to have to get on a coach tomorrow and come home and back to all sorts of different scenarios and circumstances. And we understand that tension, don't we? Can't we just stay here? How can I possibly go back to normal? Love the Olympics. Johnny Brownlee, Olympic gold medal winner for Team GB in the triathlon relay. And the BBC reporter put the microphone in his face and said, you've won bronze, you've won silver. How does it feel to win gold? And he went, the Olympics, I've completed it. There was this sense for him, it was like, I've now done it all. Can't I stay here? Let's put up a tent in Tokyo and... No, that's silly. Maybe there is more for you, Johnny. (laughs) So to answer these questions, 
We find it in what Jesus says at the end of that passage that we read. In, in, in verse 9, it says this, Mark chapter 9, verse 9. As they were coming down the mountain, so we know that the tent thing didn't pan out. They decided tents isn't the way to go. Someone needed to receive that word today. And, and he says this, so as they were coming down the mountain, Jesus gave them orders not to tell anyone what they'd seen until the Son of Man had been risen from the dead. Now we read that and we know what that's about. We know that what Jesus is describing is at some point there will be a resurrection, my death and resurrection. And that's the real miracle. He says, you think this is it? I mean, there's, there's something else, there's something else to come. And, and, and he's leading them back away from what they thought was the thing, away from the experience to, that all future experiences will be compared with to say, that isn't the thing. That, allow that to be what that was. But actually, my calling is to reveal the divine nature and the glory of God to all humanity. And we can't do that if only three, if only three of you saw it. So I've got to lead you to this next point. And we're going, back, we're going down the mountain. This is full of, full of imagery that we see through Scripture where, where all the, the, the divine stuff that happens at the top of mountains like Mount Sinai in the Old Testament and sacrifices being made in all different religions. The higher you go, the closer you were to God. And he's leading them away from the place where you meet God. But he's with them. He's saying, we're going to go down here now because mountain tops are good, but valleys are where things grow. And I'm going to lead you down and there'll be other mountains that we climb. And there'll be another hill that, I, that will go up. Yeah, but what when, we, what, about, what when we climb that hill, there isn't a transfiguration? <laughs> what happens if I come back to this place? What happens when I come back to church and it isn't what it was? What happens when I go on my next holiday and it wasn't as good as that one? What happens when I start my new job and it isn't as good as my old one? What happens? I'm leading you. Because to be a disciple is to follow Christ where he leads us, not where we want to stay and I, I don't know about you I definitely resonate with Peter going that's the place to be but if he stayed there he'd have had to watch Christ walk back down the hill and he's making a decision that it's better to stay here than it is to be where he is now hear me friends loads of us do this all the time and we have these we, we choose to stay here because this feels good we recognize this we like this and it is good. But Christ is walking that way. And he's going, over here are some things that you have no, you have no category for this. Because the Son of Man is going, to be, is going to be risen from the dead. And they spent their time wondering what that was. Which tells us they don't know what that is. But they would rather be with Christ. Friends, I would rather walk down into the valley with Christ than hang around at a mountain building a monument where he was once. Okay. It's like Jesus was saying, if, this, uh, if you think that was it, wait till you witness what's to come. And that's what I want. That's the overflow of what's going in my heart at the moment. I'm hoping this splashes over into you for all the experiences you've had. You've had some, let me remind you, you have had some good experiences in the last year. Not most of it, most of the time, we're going to talk about this stuff as being a load of rubbish. But there were some good moments. That first Sunday you did church online and you were like, I can, I've, I've just realised I am the church. That moment that you took communion with your kids and you found that like, this is a brand new experience, this is a beautiful moment for me and my family. Those, those long walks you went with people that you never walked with before, they were good moments. 
And we, we can look back on those and, and see those of what, for what they were, but following Christ, because if you think that was it, wait till you witness my resurrection. Wait until you see what happens next. For the moments we've had in this place, in this church, yes, so good. And that's why we are one conference. We're going to go a hundred years of so many good things. But we can build a monument to that or we can follow Christ into the next 100 years and play our part with one another, right? That's where I'd rather rather be. I want a question to resonate with you as we bring this message to land. Uh, Are you preferring familiarity over following? Have we, have we allowed, this is, the, this is the test question to know whether we're still hanging around in, on the old mountain when Christ has moved forward. Are we, are we preferencing familiarity over following? Here's what that looks like. We know what to expect. Well, we know that when, I, when we go to church, at the moment, it is, it's, this is different, obviously, but we still know what's going to happen. There's a familiarity to the songs that we're going to sing. There's a familiarity to the way we're going to do it. There's a familiarity about what it means to be a Christian outside of, a, outside of these four walls. There's a familiar, I know how this stuff works. I know the right things to say. I know the right things to do. I know the right habits to, to, put, to put into place. There's a familiarity. And the question is whether we have, you have allowed yourself, and this is a question I'm asking myself too, okay? Have I allowed myself to be so familiar that I've taken the camping option here when Christ is trying to lead me into something new. Because I know this, if I can get one glimpse of the footsteps of Christ in front of me, that's enough. Now, some of this might be new to some of you. We know we have new Christians and maybe you're watching at home or on holiday somewhere and this is a new thing for you, but you've, you've stepped into this because this, there's a freshness to this. There's a, you've seen a glimpse of the footsteps of Christ, a glimpse of his love, a glimpse of his forgiveness, his acceptance, a glimpse of his fullness of life and, and we've stepped into that. And maybe if, if this has been something you've done for a number of years, would you just ask yourself that question? Have I taken familiarity over following because there's another way of asking that question when was the last time you did something because you know you were following Christ into it not, not, not following your familiarity but the last time you did something because you know Christ was leading you into it because to be a follower of Christ is to lead, allow him to lead us not to stay where we want to be have you moved from following to familiarity because you can't follow and stand still Are we really happy camping when there's so much more to experience in Christ? I wonder if you could add up everything you know about God and generously call that 1% of all that God is and still make the decision that I'd rather camp in the 1% than take a few steps into experiencing the 99. The reason that thought has stuck with me is being since we've had people coming back into the building, one of the things I've missed and these teams have led worship to empty rooms and people have led worship to a camera in their living room and recorded it and put it online for us and that's, that side of worship has, has, been, has been what it is and, and I've stood in a room where it's only like just like me and a couple of other people and, and worshipped like we've done this morning but one of the things that I love most about church community is um, I, can hear someone on, I can hear someone on my shoulder shout amen at a certain time because I know some of their testimony I know what they're singing and why they're saying amen at the end of it. And I know that there's, uh, 
there's like moments of returning and there's moments of life's challenges where you have faithfully, faithfully followed Christ over all sorts of circumstances. You've, you've faithfully followed Christ when the valley felt like it was never, ever going to end. And then we have these moments of worship where I know, I know what you're singing and, you, and you, you've shared some of your story with me. So I, and now my worship becomes not just my admiration of Christ, but my admiration of you and my admiration of what Christ has done for you as well. And that's what this is. Well, for me, that's one of the reasons I, I want to gather with people for that. And that's why I can't stay where I was. I've got to make sure I'm following where Christ is. And that's why that, because I, I can only have my experiences, but when you share yours with me, I begin to say, yeah, there is more that Christ does. There is more. So say no to camping. Say yes to following Christ. Break camp. Overcome over familiarity. Go where Christ leads. Not where you prefer to stay. Because it's the only way to live. Would you stand with me? Oh, Chris, you've really dug out an old song to that for this, haven't you? There's like a load of people that thought that was the new song, not the one that you said was the new song. And this song called Glimpse about this, just to capture a glimpse of Christ and what that does in us. So I'm, I'm going to pray. I invite you to join me in prayer. The team are going to sing this song, Glimpse, and allow this to be a prayer, a decision that we are making individually and together as a church. I'm not staying on the mountain. I'm not settling for familiarity. I'm following glimpse after glimpse after glimpse. If I, where I see Christ lead, that's where I will go. And this, for some of us, this can be a massive decision today. Would you uh, raise your hands with me? We're going to pray together. Just as a kind of little act of unity that we like to do every now and then. And our hands are pointed towards you, Jesus, because you are first and foremost who we seek after, who we want to follow. Forgive us for our familiarity. Forgive us for our, the way that we idolise moments of our past. We're actually grateful for those, but we're, but we're honouring you in those and we're continuing to honour you by following you where you lead us. So forgive us where, you need to be, where we need to be forgiven. Uh, encourage us. May we be filled with your spirit to see where you are leading us. Make us bold in our decisions to know that we are following you. And in this moment, as we sing this song, I pray just you, we would have a new glimpse of Christ and what you are doing in our hearts, in our church and in our communities and city as well. Amen.